Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Not You Chronicles. My name is Maya, and I'm joined with my co-host, David. And today, we are going over a special topic that is becoming more and more prevalent across the whole world. So what exactly are we going to be talking about today? Today, we are discussing cybersecurity, and we're actually joined by a special guest. We're excited to say that we're here with Mr. Morris, the cybersecurity teacher here at Johnson. To start us off, Mr. Morris, could you please tell us a little bit more about your background? Absolutely. Uh, as a young man, I uh, loved a store called Radio Shack, which was the technology store at the time. I was a radio shacker. I uh, started with computers in high school uh, when computers were the size of a room. And I always enjoyed technology, and I've always stayed up with technology. I like to uh, think of technology as a fast-moving train uh, where every now and then it stops and allows people to get in and uh, move along with technology into the future. So that's what I do. I, I teach for my students' future, not my past. That is awesome to hear, Mr. Morris, and we've actually prepared some questions ahead of time for you, if that's all right. Sure. That's great. So for our listeners who may not know, let's start off by talking what exactly is cybersecurity? Well, as you know, uh, the network or the World Wide Web is a bunch of computers connected to each other, and it's an open source where anybody could get into anybody's IP address. Now, an IP address is just like your home address. Uh, if anybody has your home address, they'll be able to find you. And the open source uh, internet is like that. Anybody can get in and grab whatever they want. What it does is it, it gives uh, people innovation and creativity, and that's where we get software and programs, Facebook, uh, X, uh, all these uh, companies were built on an open source software. What cybersecurity is, is the practice of protecting computer systems, networks, devices, and data from theft. Unfortunately, with open source, uh, we do get a lot of fraudulent activity, uh, and cybersecurity protects uh, companies against that. Okay, so that does make a lot of sense, thank you, but can you please further explain on why should we care about cybersecurity and protecting ourselves online? With open source software, uh, you do get a lot of criminals and a lot of people that are trying to steal, not money per se, they try to steal information. Your information is the commodity that is sold in the world marketplace or in the black marketplace. Uh, just to give you an example, if somebody goes into your cell phone and grabs your contact list and you have, let's say, 25 people on your contact list, that's 25 contact lists that they get with 25 more contact lists and it and it continues like that and they do sell your information your information can be used to open credit card accounts to uh, grab uh, fake passports it's a high commodity and most of the time that's what they're looking for uh, when they go and a lot of these uh, fraudulent things happen through email because it's easy to implant uh, software in your computer through email so with the example of a contact list, like by getting our phone numbers, uh, are scammers able to like send messages to our family members being like, oh, can you send me money at so-and-so yeah, number? Absolutely. It's ransomware. It's it's what it is. It's the, and they'll hold your family. Uh, what they do is they'll get your phone number uh, and let's say they'll call a family member and your phone number will come out on their phone as if you are calling them 
and they'll say something like, I've got so-and-so's phone number and I'm holding this person. And if you don't go to uh, an ATM and grab me some money, that's I think that's what you're talking about. And that is uh, what some of them are doing. I mean, my grandfather used to tell me that here uh, in the United States, the price we pay for freedom is freedom itself. Because with freedoms, uh, you have a lot of people doing a lot of bad things. The Internet is like that. There's open source software and closed source software. An example of closed source software would be Apple Computer. You will not get hacked on Apple Computers and you won't get viruses on Apple Computers. But they monitor everything that Apple Computer has and gets. You're not allowed to invent anything or innovate anything or create anything unless you work for Apple. And that's closed source software. Now, open source software, while the criminality exists, it's free. And it gives us the freedom to create and be innovative and invent. And that, you know, I, I'll take that over the closed source any day. Freedoms. So I can see why exactly we should care about cybersecurity, but what are some of the most common ways teens get scammed online? Uh, again, email is the most common. Yeah, You'll get emails. Uh, and my what I recommend to my classes in our cyber citizenship unit is... Uh, you always want to look at the person sending you the email because they'll they'll use tricks like they'll say uh, Home Depot, they'll copy the Home Depot logo and uh, they'll put down that you just won a prize in Home Depot for $500. But if you look at the email that is sending you that uh, email, you'll see that it's Home Depot 23.com. They'll disguise the email in very curious and uh, deceitful ways where you won't unless you look at it. You won't know it's a fraudulent email. And that's the one that gets the people the most is through email. Okay, so expanding off of that, how likely do you think just like an average person is to get hacked? Well, I consider myself an average person and I'll receive anywhere from 50 to 80 emails a day and a good 20 to 30% of them are fake emails. Okay, and how are we supposed to protect ourselves from this? Just don't click on them. Just delete them. Don't look at them. They entice you. They entice you with money, with stuff. For instance, you know, uh, you're not going to win the London lottery if you've never been to London and played the lottery. You know, you're not, you're not going to win a prize in Home Depot if you didn't enter to win a prize in Home Depot. A lot of people get those emails and think, oh yeah, they made a mistake. I never bought a ticket. And, and you know what I'm saying? There's, that doesn't exist. If you don't recognize the email, if it's a funny email, just delete it. Delete it. You know, some some uh, email services allow you to report them. You know, I would do that. Well, so none of us exactly want to get hacked. And the most common way they tell us is the best way to prevent from getting hacked is changing our passwords. So how often do you think we should change our passwords? Not change your password. You could use uh, what I tell my students is you could use 10 to 12 digit password. And what you do is just change the caps on it or change uh, and put different letters. For instance, if you want to spell baby instead of the A, you put an at sign or instead of a B, you put a reverse D. You know, you, you do things like that or make it difficult for the, the, what they do with password is they encrypt them. They, they put an encryption on them. And what uh, people who are trying to steal your passwords do is they decrypt it or they have software that decrypts your password. The harder you make it for them to do that, the better you are. 
So you don't have to change your password all the time. You just have to change how your password looks or, you know, use a lot of numbers and characters is what I say. Keep them guessing. Change them frequently. Okay. What about password managers, though? How do those help us and what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, they're, they're good. You know, they're, they're good, but they're a service. You know, you have to most of the time you have to pay for them. You know, if, if you're not willing to pay for password manager, that's okay. But they're good. They're good to have because they do the crypt encrypting for you. And, and, you know, to be honest with you, and this might be for another show, but artificial intelligence is pretty much running everything now from password encryptions to cybersecurity. So, like, one of these examples about a password manager is the Apple iCloud keychain. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, you know, it's Apple. It's closed source. You know, they they have the luxury of uh, keeping you safe, you know, but then again, try to create something on Apple or try to produce something on Apple. You can't, right? If you, if you want to feel safe, yeah, go ahead and use Apple. Okay, so switching the topic just a little bit, what is an MFA? An MFA? Yeah, that's authorization. Uh, encryption, second, second level encryption, multi-factor authentication. Do use it. Uh, if you got it, most banks nowadays use it. Most places where they have uh, uh, personal information or uh, budgets or money, I use it. I use it. I use it on all my gaming platforms. I use it uh, in my banks. Uh, some Right now here in Hall County, we all have to use it before we go into the Hall County education system. It's important, and it helps. And, and the reason, and it's all preventive, you know, it's all to keep safe from people who are trying to get in. What hack, hackers do is they go into code and they try to find vulnerabilities. So if I'm a white hat hacker, there's two types, white hat hackers, black hat hackers. People know hackers uh, basically being criminals when the reality of the situation is that for every one bad hacker, there should be 5,000 good hackers, right? But like I always tell, the bad people make the news. Good people don't make the news, right? There's more good hackers than there are bad hackers. Now, what happens is there's most big companies have something called the bug bounty program, where if you're a person and you sit at home and you go through code all day, I'm going through code, I'm looking at Google's code all day, and boom, I find a vulnerability. I can call Google and say, uh, Google, found a vulnerability in your code. If it gets out there and released, uh, your information might be in trouble. Do you have a bug bounty program? Uh, most of the time, Google will say yes. Uh, if the money offered, you know, 5000 10000 for that information is not enough, then that, that what hacker will then go rogue, so to say, and request more money. And then that becomes ransomware, or then you're holding Google ransom for whatever you found. But hackers basically work from home and they sit down and they look at code all day trying to find a way in what used to be called the back door. Now it's just penetration. Penetration testing is all they do. Okay, so I'm sure some listeners um, do want some kind of career in the cybersecurity industry. So can you just tell us a bit more about like what kind of job you can get in the cybersecurity industry? Well, right now in uh, technology or in information technology or information security, cybersecurity is the job to get. 
a lot of the universities and schools are trying hard to get uh, students to work in cybersecurity. The United States Army, as a matter of fact, right now is giving bonuses to anybody that signs up and joins their cybersecurity team. Security analyst, network security engineer, incident responder, penetration tester, security consultant, security architect. No, notice the, the theme of security. That's what cybersecurity is. Every, every company out there has IT or has information technology. I mean, from barbershops to restaurants, everybody has their information online or digitally. Thus, they need cybersecurity agents to help them. So there, while the companies like Google hire cybersecurity agents, and all they do all day is try to hack into Google. They work for Google, and their job is to try to hack into Google so Google can find out where their vulnerabilities are. That's what an analyst does. If you work for an IT department anywhere, they're making you certify in CompTIA or in cybersecurity because it is what's happening now. Again, uh, artificial intelligence is running with that, and there's a lot of cybersecurity in artificial intelligence. That's great, but what advice would you give to students in general who may be looking into cybersecurity as a career? In information technology, you're best served with your certifications. The more certifications you have, the better odds you have of getting the good job. Once you're in a company or an IT company, uh, then you could start taking certifications to get better pay and better position within your company. With artificial intelligence, the way it's growing, there probably won't be many other jobs except technology. So with these certifications, can you do them on your own or would you have to wait until you got a job? No, no, you could, you could do them on your own. They're readily available online. A lot of them have requirements. A lot of them require you to have a high school diploma. The students that take uh, the third class in cybersecurity get a cybersecurity badge to let you know that you've certified in, uh, in this case, it's level one cybersecurity. That's very great. Um, can you tell us about the classes that you are offering here to Johnson students? Absolutely. Two years ago, we uh, started the cybersecurity program here at Johnson. Before then, we were doing uh, game design, and we realized that game design was uh, difficult. And it also had a talent component that you needed that not very many people had. So we had a tough time passing the game design portion. So when cybersecurity or when the... Mm -hmm. Security of the internet came to play. Uh, cybersecurity became big. Uh, so what I teach is my introduction class. It's called Introduction to Hardware Technology. And in this class, I teach you about the PC, the personal computer. I teach you how it works. I also have a unit that's uh, digital hygiene and uh, internet citizenship, where I teach courses on how to protect yourself in the internet, what sites are, where the what do they call it, the dark web is. I, I teach them how to stay safe online. And then I also teach them how to network, how to build a network, how to protect the network, and how to basically work in an IT department. My second class would be my basics of cybersecurity, and here's where I teach the students how to encrypt and decrypt the uh, uh, code. Uh, it's not as hard as it sounds. Uh, and then the third level is the advanced cybersecurity class. 
and that's where you finish off by taking the Georgia State test and getting uh, the badge. Mr. Morris, can you talk to us a little bit about the clubs and organizations you're a part of here at JHS? Absolutely. I am the co-sponsor of FBLA, that's Future Business Leaders of America. Uh, This year we have a good group, a good group of officers, and we're thinking of taking a couple of trophies when we go to state. Uh, We are proud of the group we have now. I'm also the sponsor for the gaming club. I am an avid gamer. Uh, I've been gaming since gaming was invented. I still game. Uh, My family games. Uh, I have my son, my daughter, and my wife. We all get on Fortnite and play together. Uh, For those of you who know Fortnite, yeah, we're a gaming family. I have a saying that the family that games together stays together. Two good clubs to join. Yes, yes, I agree. FBLA is great, especially since I'm the vice president. Yes, yeah, I knew that. That's why. Mr. Morris. Yes. Um, Just to wrap this up, is there anything else you want to tell us about cybersecurity or yourself? I'm looking forward to possibly discussing about artificial intelligence because I think it's the next big thing. I think artificial intelligence is going to play a large role in your futures. So within two of my classes, my basics of cybersecurity and my advanced cybersecurity, I have a unit that instructs on uh, machine learning algorithms, which is exactly what artificial intelligence is. Uh, and it, that is that technology is moving so quickly that, you know, I, I teach my students to use AI in their studies because it's, it's going to be huge. I teach them how to use it correctly because I'm from the thought that uh, you don't learn things by keeping it from people. You, you can't put things away and expect people to know about it when they get older. And the same thing happened with the uh, World Wide Web. Uh, when the World Wide Web first came out, our education system was afraid to introduce the students to the World Wide Web. And what eventually happened is uh, other countries like Russia, China, North Korea, they took advantage of the World Wide Web, and we lost a lot on them. They were the first to start hacking and penetrating and doing all that. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent for teaching you all about your futures, you know, not necessarily my past um talking about ai we'd love to have you back on the podcast to talk about artificial intelligence oh it would be my pleasure it's it's a big subject that i love to talk about well thank you so much for everything you shared with us today mr morris um i definitely think the viewers listening have learned something i've definitely learned something but unfortunately that is all the time we have for today next time we will have a discussion with sam fletcher who is the co-founder of Downforce Media Group. Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and we will see you in the next episode.